Hey, you Texas homegrown music listeners, I've got a great show for you today. My guest is Isaac Hoskins, and he just dropped a new record called The Bender. We're going to be featuring some songs off of that, as well as talking about the journey that he's been on to get to where he is to even have this record. He's really an incredible artist, and I can't wait to share his new music with you today. And before I do, I'm going to do a song for you called Wash It Off off of one of my records called Revelation. And we'll be right back, right here on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Isaac Hoskins. i 
Well, here we are on Texas Homegrown Music, and I've got a guest that lives right up the road from me. Didn't even realize it. Isaac Hoskins, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Nice to talk to you finally. I know. Well, you know, um, been been talking to uh, Allison and wanting to get you on the show, and I just thought it was going to work out really well because you're getting ready to drop some music on a oh, little bitty TV show that no that hardly anybody watches. <laughs> um, I I tell you, I laugh about it because it completely overtook the tribe that I run around in here in Texas to the point where the conversations were about a show. I was like, guys, can we talk about each other instead of these made up characters on Yellowstone? <laughs> it was just yeah. unbelievable. But uh, I'm really, really happy for you <clears throat> because I tell you, I personally have been one of those people that have um, gone on and grabbed, the, you know, grabbed the songs that I hear on the show because I really dug it. And I, I hope that that catapult you as well into another wider variety of audience tell me how that made you feel when you found out they were going to play some of your music oh i was i was completely elated like you know it like you said that that's just a whole lot of eyes and ears that uh you know i couldn't i couldn't buy a better billboard you know no so um yeah i was i was completely excited uh totally and it, it really kind of lit a fire under me so you know caused me to want to take this stuff a little bit more seriously you know present myself a little bit better so well, good for you. here we well, are it sounds <laughs> like you've already been on the road for that i after reading about you and um i mean a plethora of jobs here from a uh, bartender to a beer truck driver and i think you were <laughs> a construction worker at one time and certainly a yellowstone ranch hand man right D done some ranching <laughs> Yeah, um, it, that, that's a bit of a stretch, but yes, I, I did work on an estate. We'll call it that. Uh, okay, I took care of some people's property and their cows, and yeah. Well, definitely. so you know, you've been out there. It's better than the urban cowboy that just wears the boots but never got them dirty, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear a little bit about this whole journey from for Isaac to uh, become a singer songwriter. Uh, tell me, tell me how you started and how, you know, what was the impetus for you to, to want to do this as a career? Oh, well, I mean, it, it's been a long time, you know, I've, I've, I've been kind of obsessed with music as long as I can remember. And, um, when I was in college, uh, I discovered, um, you know, Steve Earle and, and Guy Clark and, and all these guys that, I tell people that Steve Earle was my gateway drug because I'm a huge fan, uh, but also anybody that was even remotely related to him back in the day or even now, um, I discovered a lot of them because of him. So uh, somewhere around 2003, I'd moved to Texas to do this because I had it came to my attention that it was possible for people to make a life in music and not be a massive household name. You know, so um, really, you know, uh, back then is where it began. Um, once did I realized you, that it was possible. Did you pick up the guitar playing early? Well, you know, I got my first guitar as a kid, but I didn't really do anything with it until I was, you know, in my 20s. Okay. You know? So, I mean, I, I learned a few chords here and there, but it, it, it just wasn't something that took my time. I took, you know, that I, that I spent time with, uh, it was, 
I was too busy playing sports. And I was going to say, were you an athlete? Because you're a big guy. I can tell you, yeah. you had to do something. <laughs> yeah, I played football and baseball in, in school. And uh, so that I, that may have had something else to do with it, too. You know, and once I figured out that I wasn't uh, going to play Division One football, that I needed to figure out some other way to spend my time. So. Um, so you started yeah. playing, writing music um, right off the bat, or did you, I mean, was that something that came easy to you, or that something that you grew into? Tell me about that journey. Oh, it definitely didn't come easy to me. I think maybe the writing and singing came a little bit easier to me than guitar. I had to work really hard to be a, a, become a competent guitar player. Um, I still wouldn't call myself a great guitar player, but I, ha I get compliments all the time, so maybe I'm better than, than I think. But... I had to, I mean, I really did just sit in my apartment in Denton and listen to James McMurtry and Guy Clark records nonstop and write the lyrics out and write, like, figure out the rhyme scheme and all these things in order to learn how to do it myself. So um, well, I worked really know, hard at it. I, I really believe that the generations behind me really had, and I'm not going to say an easier time, but definitely it was a, a lot easier for you to get the music and to, you know, I mean, at the click of a button, you could, you could pull yeah. up all these different people. Whereas when I grew up, it was, you had to save your money. You had to go to the store, you had to buy the album, and then you had to listen to the album to figure out the words. And I was <laughs> one of those kids that sang the wrong words to songs for years and I mean, it, my husband still laughs at me because I was one of those people that literally thought that that lyric was there's a bathroom on the right instead of there's a bad moon on the rise. <laughs> so, um, in today's yeah. world, we can actually find out what the lyric is. And now, I mean, they have it where you can play the song and have the lyrics scroll while you're listening. So. Yeah, I think um, I think it's certainly changed a lot and it's made it a lot easier for us to understand what's going on and what you're writing about. And uh, speaking of what's going on, I think I read somewhere that you really had a tough time during the pandemic and were almost ready to just lay this whole thing down. And, uh, and I, I saw that you, uh, re you know, released a record in 2009. Um, which has some great songs on it, and I'm sure you did a lot of um, you know performing with it. But then when everything shut down, it seems like some people actually really had a struggle with it. And uh, I think I was reading somewhere where it, it, it did that to you. You want to tell me about that? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd released a I released a record in uh, I guess it would have been 2021. Or 2020. It was 2020. 2020. Sell the Farm. Um, yeah, Sell the Farm uh, was released then. But, yeah, I mean, I had just made the decision to go full-time music because I was working as a, uh, a merchandiser in grocery stores. I, would, I was stocking beer on shelves. And though it, it really helped, you know, it was able, I was able to pay my bills that way. It just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Anyway... I went full-time music and I was doing really well and I was proud of myself and I was surprised that I was able to pay my bills and, and not go completely broke, um, playing songs. And, uh, you know, six months into that, it was like, you know, pull the rug out from under all of us. You know, there's so many 
of my friends that, you know, we lost hundreds of gigs in a matter of weeks. So, and, but during that, you know, I had gone, I, I had gone to Las Vegas to play a horse show for some folks, um, that have been really, really good to me. And, uh, so while I was out there, I was surrounded by a lot of very successful people and, um, and I didn't feel like I belonged and I didn't like that, you know? So I, on my way home, I drove to Utah and camped in the mountains for three or four days and got sober and figured out a way to, to, uh, realize my dream, I think. So that's, you know, I think that maybe what you're, what you're alluding to, um, the pandemic was tough. It was tough on everybody. Um, and, um, you know, there's only so much bad news a person can, can get before they decide that it's either, you know, be okay with being a victim or, or figure out a way to change things at least as much as I possibly could. So I just wanted to be able to change the things that I could control. And, uh, so I did, and that's when I got sober, um, and started creating some goals and, and, and figuring out a way to make what I wanted to do a reality. Well, that's why I love um, that song Lucas Nelson wrote, Turn Off the News and Build a Garden. You know, uh-huh. it's it's like uh, we we found ourselves, I did, I found myself not turning on any kind of media because I realized that I didn't want all that negativity to just con- keep coming into my, my soul. It just, it was, yeah. it was drowning me. And uh, that's not who I am. I like, you know, I have a very positive outlook about life, and I was not going to let this uh, media try to change that. And uh, I think it's important I'm, I'm, I'm for all the good that, you know, social media is because it, it has done some great things in my life. It's connected me with people that I've been looking for for years. Um, there's definitely a huge downside to it as well. So I'm glad to hear that you did that, Isaac. And I, it's a beautiful thing to, to find um, peace in your life again and, and figure out your journey and your purpose. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. Certainly, it certainly resonates with your music. So I, um, I, and we'll talk about that, this new record called Bender that you're going to be dropping. Uh, actually you just dropped it because, um, it's November 18th and, uh, and I'm, (laughs) I'm really excited that people can hear it and know what, uh, what we're talking about on this interview. But, I want to talk a little bit because I'm getting ready to play a song called Panhandle Wind. And uh, you want to give me a little bit of just just a little elevator pitch on what it, what it, this song means to you and what, what caused you to write it? Uh, well, you know, I really wanted to write a song that was kind of an upbeat toe tapper pop song for all intents and purposes. It, I'm a, I've always been a huge fan of Radney Foster and... I like the way that he writes a song and I've never been great at it at that particular thing. You know, most all my songs turn into really long epic story songs and I had to figure out a way to to broaden my horizons as a writer. So I was driving to Lubbock to play a series of shows uh, at the blue light out there and it was just windy. And there was a lot of dust flying around. And it Boy, you can of, be. <laughs> yeah. And my mother, uh, she lives in a town called Winoka, Oklahoma. Yeah. And it's it's not the panhandle, but it's definitely the beginning of the West as far as I knew as a kid, you know. So 
um, very similar landscape and, and there's not a lot of people and not a lot of things going on. And I thought, man, I, I wonder what it must be like to be a teenager there. And uh, so I started writing that song from kind of my own experiences as a teenager in a small town and, and, and then having seen um, the way that people handle life in Northwest Oklahoma and in the panhandle of Texas. So that's where that came from. Uh, it seems like a lot of people really like the song. Yeah, so they. I'm gonna, I'm I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. I can see why. Well, I'm going to let my listeners like it right now. We're going to play Panhandle when you're listening to Isaac Hoskins right here on Texas Homegrown Music. And we'll be back. We're going to talk about this record that he just dropped called uh, Bender and, uh, and, and some of the cool things that uh, went along with recording it in Austin, Texas. So you're listening to Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas. We'll be right back. And right now, Panhandle when with Isaac Hoskins. <laughs>
Well, we're back with Isaac Hoskins. And Isaac, you know, um, I mentioned earlier that um, I've gotten to to know some different artists just because of their stint on Yellowstone. Um, some of them being uh, I mean, artists that have been around for a long time. And I know that you have been around. You've got a couple records out um, already. But tell me what this means to you going forward with Bender, because you've got some big names. Um, you've got Gordy Quist involved um, from Band of Heathens. Tell me what it was like to work with him. Um, I'm sure there was a de definite mutual respect there. And, uh, and just the journey at the finishing school down in Austin where you recorded this thing. Oh, it was a, it was a fantastic experience from top to bottom. Um, I, I've known Gordy for a long time. I've, I've been a fan of, of his work for, you know, 15 years or so. And uh, he was he was always just very, very kind and and very uh, positive, you know. And so when I was trying to figure out somebody to produce this record, I, he was one of the first people I thought of. And I knew that he had started doing a little bit more of that uh, when he acquired, uh, the finishing school. So, uh, yeah, I called him to see if he was into it and I sent him some demos and the rest is history. We, we it all happened pretty quickly because we had to, um, I wanted to get the thing done before time to submit to, to the Yellowstone people. But, uh, I also, you know, he had a tour that was coming up on the West Coast and a whole lot of things that were kind of crammed into a, a few weeks or months there. So, so tell me about how long, how long was the process and what uh, what did it entail? Because, you know, in, in today's world, you can actually lay down the basic tracks and then just send it out to people. Did you bring every <laughs> did you bring everybody in and, and have a, just a few days in the studio and pull it all together? Tell me how you did. That. Yeah. Um, thankfully we were able to do the majority of it live, you know, um, obviously I did my vocals and stuff after yeah. the fact, but we, right. I went into the, the studio with everybody and we recorded most everything right then and there, uh, as far as, you know, drums, bass, guitar, all that stuff. M the majority of it was live. There were some overdubs that we did. We, we'd leave some spaces for, uh, fiddle solos and, uh, Noah Jeffries came in and played some violin and mandolin on it and stuff. So, nice. but for the most part, it was live. Yeah, and uh, I'll never do another record any other way. It felt great. Uh, I, I'm I, I haven't ever really liked the idea of playing to a click or well, we had a click going, you know, we, to, to keep time. But um, it just always felt sort of robotic to me. Yeah, I agree. And the organic nature of everybody being in the same room and playing together is you just there's something about it you can't replace. So I, that's what I we did. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I don't know if you've had, ever had this, but I've I've definitely worked with people with producers in the past. And of course, I, you know, in my early days, the only way I could keep food on the table was to do uh, jingles. And I had to come in and, pl and, and sing a lot of that stuff. And oh, my gosh. I, I would go home just so spent singing the same line over and over again because they wanted it <laughs> just in this particular way. And yeah. it, it would just take the soul right out of it for me, you know. And I, I knew very early on I'm not going to be – I'm not a jingle singer and I can't d do covers all my life. I just – that was not going to be my my jam, <laughs> so to speak. Right, right. But um, the energy behind having the artist—I mean, having the um, the instruments in the room with you—you just you 
there's nothing like it. I, I don't I do know that there's a lot of people that do records in their homes now where they just lay down a track whether it be piano or guitar and they just shoot it out for everybody to add to it and I can understand the convenience of it but um that just wouldn't be any kind of fun for me. Yeah, yeah. I've for the most part th- th- those types of situations have always left me wanting for something slightly different. Uh so I'm glad that we had the opportunity to do it all together at the same time. And make adjustments immediately as opposed to going, hey, why don't you try this and waiting three days for the email to get to someone and for the, you know, it, or yep. a phone call even. It's, yep. it's just not the same as being there. Did you? Um, but I had a great time. Did you steer away at all on anything from the, from the, the original way you wrote it? Did you get in the studio and change it up a little bit just because it felt different? Or do you feel like you, you know pretty much stuck with what you had intended in your mind from the very get-go? Uh, for the most part, there was one <laughs> H-Town turnaround, actually. The opening track, Gordy and I had kind of butted heads on, and he won, and I'm glad that he did because the way that we decided to do it uh, is really cool. It's got a lot of groove to it, and originally I had written that with kind of a train beat uh, in mind, you know, a real driving train beat kind of thing. And he's like, no, man, we need to back up and do this like a Waylon thing, you know, and kind of, kind of get on the groove. And so we did, and it, it sounds awesome. I'm really, I'm really glad that, that, that I went with that. <laughs> well, you know, when I first heard this song, I honestly thought it was an older song that you redid because it kind of oh, had really? that feel to it. I, I really like it. And of course, I was born in Houston, and so a lot of the things that I was listening to, um, I could, I was, I, I was really digging it. And I was hoping that that was going to be one of the songs that you wanted to put on on the show because I really, really liked it. And it's so far, you know, I haven't listened to the whole record, your whole record yet. Um, so uh-huh. don't don't be mad at me but (laughs) but um but i i do i do like that song a lot and i'm glad that we're gonna feature it on the show today um but you know here here and again you went into this thing i i heard you talk about how the bender was kind of a story about um you coming out of all this stuff that you did you have like um, an idea behind it where you wanted to tell a story um, encompassing all the feelings that you've been going through for the last p- couple of years, or did it just organically do that on its own? Cause I kind of feel I like think you're probably, doing that. It kind of did on its own. Um, you know, I, I try to, I, I think that the majority of what I have to offer as a songwriter is, is being genuine. And mm-hmm. I wrote, I wrote songs at that time about the things that, that were on my mind, you know? So um, I definitely wanted to make a record that that sounded like I don't want to be the retro country guy, but I definitely wanted to make a record that sounded like the things I liked to listen to. So um, we treated everything like it was a 1970s country record, but uh, the songs and subject matter, um, they just kind of happened to be like that. You know, I kinda, I think that those were just the things that were on my brain, you know, so. I wrote the songs and those the ones that we picked turned out to be the best ones. And I've got a whole bunch of other tunes that we'll probably put on another record soon. But at the time, those were the ones that, that resonated the most with myself and Gordy. So that's what we decided to put on the album. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Did you extrapolate songs that you'd already had written for this record, or do you did you write intentionally for this record? Uh, well, I for the most part I wrote for the record. Now, um, if it's meant to be, was a song that I had written years ago, like okay. twenty sixteen. And that song was accepted. I was a, a Kerrville Folk Festival New Folk Award finalist with that song and another one that I wrote uh, for a female voice. And um, so when it came time to pick songs and I, Gordy was like, you got anything else? I thought, well, I have this really song that I think is really good. I just don't know if it'll fit the bill. And I did it. And he said, we have to use that. It's, the song is too good to not be recorded. So... The the only one that I think that maybe wasn't intended to be in this collection of songs and actually made it is uh, if it's meant to be, and I guess I guess it was meant to it be. It was meant to be. <laughs> I think it was meant to yeah. be. Well, um, I, which which I heard you say that you had written a song for a female voice. Are you pitching songs to other artists? Uh, you know, not actively. I mean, I I um. I would love to if somebody was interested in like giving me an avenue to do so. Um, I've never had a publishing deal. Uh, I've kind of always been under the impression that I just kind of need to move to Nashville and pursue that if that's what I really want to do. And I don't have a problem with Tennessee, but I like where I live, you know. So I don't want if, you moving to Tennessee, brother. We, <laughs> we we can find a way for you. You just need to pitch the songs to Texas artists here and keep your keep your bones in Texas, because. Um, well, you know, I actually did send that song to a few uh, acquaintances and friends of mine, and they were like, "This is really good," but nobody nobody wanted to record it themselves, which is totally fine. It was a song idea that my cousin had, and. Uh, so I went and I basically wrote it for her, you know, just as a a way to tell her I loved her and that, that I saw her, what she was going through. And it's a really good song. Uh, hopefully somebody will cut it one of these days and hell, maybe I'll do it. Who knows? I think you should. I think you should when you say you wrote it for a female voice. You know, um, the th the thing about music, as you know, and of course I've, I've certainly covered some songs that were intended for a male to sing. But I kind of do it in my own way, and I I find a way to make it work for me and for the listener. And and the reality is, if it works for me, then probably somebody out there is going to be able to relate to it, right? I mean, that's kind of right. how I, I look at what I do. But um, I, I think for the most part, we just need to sing what we can believe in. At least that's how I am. And it sounds like yeah. that's how you are, too, because you just told me earlier that you like to write from personal experience. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even if there's going to be like a, almost like a fictional character or, or some kind of story involved with the song, I mean, it's inevitably going to be informed by experiences that I've had or I've watched other people have. So um, it's pretty hard to get away from that, in my opinion. So speaking of experiences and yourself, um, tell me about your family life. Tell me, are you married? Do you have kids? Are you, you know, what, what's it? What's your... Who, who all are you supporting at this point? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I have a wife. Uh, her name's Jamie. She's an incredible woman herself. Uh, she's an art teacher. She teaches art in Roanoke. Oh, just wow. Down the road. So she's creative and, as well. Uh, yes. Yes, for sure. Um, and that's it's just she and I. We have uh, 
two dogs, a cat, and 12 chickens. And well, it's not just it. you two. You got two dogs <laughs> and a cat, baby. If you're in my world, yeah. those are kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> and, um, and, and she's, uh, did you meet her doing music? Uh, you know, I met her first time we met, I was a manager of a, of a club in Denton called Dan Silverleaf. I know Dan. So I was, we all, everybody yeah. out there knows Dan's honey. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so that's where I chose to kind of make, uh, make my, my home, you know, when I first moved to here, cause I knew that was where all the real, the real musicians hung out and played. So anyway, 12 years later, <laughs> I, uh, I used to work there. I was the manager, the bartender, door guy, repair man. I did it all. But uh, right. I met her there. She, she, my wife is also a, a huge fan of like some pretty scary, aggressive, heavy metal music. And she came to a show there that, uh, that uh, that's how we met. And then I saw her later at another venue uh, a few months later, and we exchanged phone numbers. And it's been. A fantastic journey. Since, so well, was what's it like in so. your house? It's got to be, you know, metal country, right? You're, you, got your, <laughs> you, got, you guys got a whole new genre going on over there. Yeah. The, we used to go to the, the not the grocery store, the uh, the record store every week. And, and the guy who owned it was like, how do you guys decide what you're going to do? Like what you're going to listen to? And it's always been a, a funny a kind of a joke about how different we are and, and how, how much the opposites attract. But well, have um, you turned her on to people like Blacktop Mojo? Because those cats definitely can put a little bit of metal in the country scene. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who that is, but I'm going right, to check in. Check them out. See, I've had them on the yeah, show, she, and there's some cool she, cats. And I mean, good uh, music is good music, brother. And I mean, I, yeah. I get it. I, I listen yeah. to all kinds of music I have my whole life. And I, um, I we laugh about it because there's all kinds of different stuff playing. When my husband and I share a playlist, it's really radical because you can go from one extreme <laughs> to another. And, uh, and but I, 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 I've always said a good song is a good song is a good song. You can take you can take it wherever you want. But uh, well, sure. we're gonna play um, H Town Turnaround, and um, you, if you guys don't like this song, then don't listen to me anymore. Because this is some good music. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got to say. And I'm I'm here talking with Isaac Hoskins. We're going to be back. He just dropped a new record called um, The Bender. And um, you guys need to snag it. He's got two songs that have um, debuted on Yellowstone. Uh, which I know is going to really help you out, brother, because, again, we've stopped episodes so that we can Shazam it and find out before we even got to the credits. We couldn't wait. We had to find out <laughs> who it was and play it. And I know that's what's um, happening with you, and I'm I'm really happy for you because I think that the recognition is well-deserved. Certainly wasn't. You're certainly not one of those overnight successes. You've, you've paid your dues. Um, you've been doing this for a while, and I want to see you do it for a long while to a lot of people and sharing this tremendous gift. So we'll come back and talk a little bit more about it. But right now we're going to play H-Town Turnaround with my guest Isaac Hoskins right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. <laughs> And it's a four-hour drive back home I got a woman that's a little too used to Spending the nights alone 
Soon as we pack them in and pack them out again, I'm gonna be North Texas bound. Back from where I came and I'll give it a name, it's the H-Town turnaround. I got nothing against Space City, and I ain't telling you no lies. But there ain't nothing half as pretty as my woman and her bedroom eyes. So if you don't mind, I got some gears to grind. I'm on a headed back to my hometown. To see my baby doll, that's what I like to call me. But I gotta put the hammer down I know you wanna chat and meet and catch up when I'm back in time I got me a redhead waiting on a little love making And I ain't gonna let her down I got a lady friend on the other end of an H-Town back with Isaac and um you know I, I I've gotten to know you a little bit better I've, I've only been talking with you for you know what is it 30 minutes here a little over 30 minutes but I can already tell that you have a desire to not only put good music out there but also to put good thoughts and to give meaning to people and I want to just thank you for that because we need more of it Isaac I mean we live in a world right now that is so divisive and I'm, you know, I, I just hate it. I hate it. I hate that people feel like they have to be on either side of a fence and they can't talk to one another and they can't find the, the commonality. And, um, you know, I mean, even as simple as different styles of music, you know, um, it's it's crazy that we live in a world where we want to try to polarize each other instead of just learn from each other. Um, I don't know what, you know, predicated me to say that other than, 
I think it's nice that we can talk about things that we don't even agree on, but we can still be kind to one another. And it's an important thing in life. And I, I always want to have an opportunity to share that with my guests. Yeah, I feel the same way for sure. Um, I, uh, I don't know whatever happened to be uh, to being moderate or to, or to the gray area that that seems to not exist any longer. But I'm a little bit here and a little bit there, and I think that that's okay. Me you know? too. Me too. Well, I'm. I think it's growing, and I think that that I think the gray area. I live in the gray. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I totally live in the gray. I live in the grace of the gray, brother. <laughs> I think there's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about uh, some shows you've got coming up, so people can come out and see you. I know you're going to be doing some traveling um, outside of Texas, but that's okay. We got listeners that. Uh, uh, live outside of Texas. We've we've also got listeners that have family that live outside of Texas that can tell them, "Hey, man, you need to go hear this guy. He's really got it going on." So tell me what you got coming up, baby. Uh, well, you know, not a whole lot. Well, the record's going to come out, and I, I'm going to play. Um, well, I, I guess the next thing I've got is a deal in Oklahoma City. I'm going to play for the National Reining Horse Foundation. Cool. Uh, the, you know, this, the Yellowstone connection has really opened up a whole world of uh, what I affectionately call horse people to me. Yeah, horse people <laughs> so are I, good people. Yeah, for sure. And so I'll be up there on the thirtieth in Oklahoma City, and then uh, the very next day, uh, bring my band out to Little Rock, Arkansas, and we're going to play a party called. Uh, it's a three day festival called uh, the Holiday Hangout. Cool. And. Um, it's it started by a record label called Last Chance Records. My friend Travis Hill started this thing. It's his birthday weekend, so that's just I think us and American Aquarium and and Ooh. Roscoe Amble and and it's going to be a great time. Uh, so that's what we're doing. And what's at, and at again, tell people December. tell people what the name of it is so they can get tickets. That sounds like a fun fun festival. Yeah, it's called a Holiday Hangout. Uh, okay. It's at a club, a small club in Little Rock called the Whitewater Tavern. Okay. And if it's not sold out yet, it will be that day. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, you can look it up on, I think, lastchancerecords.com will have a link to tickets. And then there's also the Whitewater Tavern website um, should lead you in the right direction for that. So and you then, say your uh, band. I, do you have some guys that play with you regularly? Yes, I do. Uh, they're super loyal, fantastic dudes. Um Jesse Thompson plays bass for me. He uh, is a guy who played around Denton, had a band called Levi Cobb and the Big Smoke. Okay. He plays bass for us. And uh, Tex Bosley is the drummer. And then uh, he's a fantastic drummer. He actually teaches drumline in Plano School oh, wow. District. Um, okay. And then um, a guy named Bailey Anderson is our fiddle player fantastic guy he he can and like kind of sat in with us one night on uh, during a residency and, and i hired him on the spot because he was so good and then um chad henderson is a guitar player uh from gainesville and we've been friends for a long long time and uh chad plays with several other he plays with tom McElvain and tanner finolio but he's been playing with us for the most part for you know several years now so i'm real glad to have those guys um you know, they believe in me when I, I even I didn't believe in myself, I don't think. So uh, I love them very much. And I'm glad that, that they're, you know, spending their time playing songs with me instead of someone else. 
Well, you know, when you spend a lot of time on the road with each other and in gigs and and, and sharing music, because music is just so, your, especially your music, it's so personal. They do become family, and um, and I know that because I've uh, I've got several of them uh, in my life, and uh, and it, it's a it's a really good thing. Sometimes they see everything. I you know I talk about this a lot. My husband is the guitar player in my band, and boy, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I'm laughing. We've been we've been playing music together for thirty years, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing harder than having a blow out you know um fight and then getting on stage and trying to put on the shine it's tough we've had to work <laughs> we've had to work it out through songs many many times and oh um, wow yeah so i mean imagine think about having your wife on stage with you having a huge fight and trying to work it out i don't know how you guys are but we, we usually hey. have to have that little separation you know where you get away and you gotta let it you know, gotta, gotta let it absolve itself. We don't get a right. chance to do that when when we have a fight <laughs> right before we go on stage. So, um, I don't recommend it. Well, I'm glad that you get to have your band um, play with you because I, you know, I I know you can handle playing solo, and I think it's cool. But uh, the the energy behind having your band with you, and especially guys that believe in you, is a lot of fun. So I want to have you guys come and play. I'd love to have you come play um, TMR 27, which um, is our Texas Music Revolution Fest that we have in my uh, hometown of McKinney, Texas. I'd love to have Isaac Hoskins on the roster. So we're going to have to talk about that and make that happen. And I'd yeah, love let's to, make it I'd, happen. I love that. I'd love to have you over at the Guitar Sanctuary as well and show you our uh, venue there. It's a great little listening room, and I think people would really dig your vibe, baby. I'm into it. I would love all those things. Let's, let's do it. make it happen. Sure. So um, <laughs> speaking of making it happen, how do, how do people find you? You've got a website, right? Yeah, IsaacHoskins.net uh, or .com. They both work. Uh, it's a long story that I'll tell you another day. But yeah, I, I own the domains of both of those. Okay. Um, and then I'm on social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, just my name, Isaac Hoskins, two A's, I-S-A-A-C-H-O-S-K-I-N-S. And uh, I try to keep everything posted as to, you know, what's happening with me uh, on the website and on there, uh, on the uh, social media platforms as well. Cool. Well, honey, I loved having you on the show. And I, I'm going to say, this next song that we're going to say to to me, um, tell me a little bit about it. It's called My Memory. And, um, boy, it really showcases your voice. I really like it. I love this song. And it's it's a very, um, well, it was, it was a kind of a shot in the dark. I had sent a message to my friend John Howie Jr. He had a band called the $2 Pistols. They used to play it on KHY quite a bit at a song called Too Bad That You're Gone. It was on a record called Hands Up. Um, that was the first time I ever heard of John Howie, but he's a, he's a North Carolina guy. He's from, he lives in Chapel Hill area. And um, he's just one of the greatest honky-tonk songwriters I think I've ever heard. I mean, to this day, he's, he's, he's a fantastic writer and and great performer, too. But... um. I, I, I just had told him how much I enjoyed his writing and that I'd like to maybe get together and write it. And, and he sent me some lyrics and said, well, here, give it a shot. I haven't, I haven't been able to finish this for some reason. And so I took it and changed part of the second verse and, and put a bridge on it and changed some stuff here and there. And we had a song. And so, yeah, the result is, is something I'm very proud of. Uh, it's called my memory. Yeah. We just released it. Um, uh, 
a little you, a few weeks ago. You, you've definitely got a song, baby, and I love it. And I, I'm just so glad I got to meet you. And thank you, Allison, for bringing him to my attention. And um, I got a new bud that lives right down the street in Denton. So come and yeah. see me sometime. And I, my, my house is literally in the same neighborhood as the Guitar Sanctuary right here in um, beautiful Adriatica. I'll buy you some lunch, and we'll sit around and talk about... Uh, life and love and how uh, making music is the best way to live a life baby i tell you it's the best oh, way to do I'm it. i'm into that all yeah, right i would love that thank well, you so much for having me on well, your show thank I'm you flattered, so really. much for doing it isaac and I'm, we're gonna have you again and um, i'm so proud of you and what you've done with your life and where you're going and the trajectory is nowhere but up baby so you're listening to texas homegrown music this is a song called my memory with isaac hoskins uh, Maylee Thomas right here, and we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music after this. Tell me again How I used to cry every day Tell me one more time How I wanted to die When you went away Tell me again Just how the best of friends Turn into the worst enemies My memory what it used to be I guess I don't recall How I felt like I would never smile again Must have slipped my mind How I felt I'd never find another friend I just don't remember how I got to where I am now Must have taken a lot out of me My memory, it ain't what it used to be Likely comes to mind whenever you think of me. My memory, it ain't what it used to be. My memory, it ain't what it used to be. 
used to be Once again, I want to say I love doing this show. I love bringing this great music to you guys. And I'll tell you what, Isaac Hoskins is definitely worth going to see. If you see him out and you know that you can get there, buy the ticket. You will not be disappointed. I want to say thanks to my sponsors once again, Tupps Brewery, Burris Injury Law, and the Guitar Sanctuary for making this show possible every week. And I want to close the show because this is Thanksgiving time and I'm so thankful for the love that I have shared with so many people and especially my listeners. If you guys hear someone that you want to have on the show or want to hear about, send me an email, maylee at texashomegrownmusic.com and I'll do what I can to try to get them on the show. Close the show today with Band of Heathens. Carry your love. These guys are so awesome, and they're doing a lot of producing right now, as as you probably already heard. I um, have had uh, two artists now that have had Gordy Quist help uh, produce their records. Well, this is his band, and now you know why they want him so badly. So I'll leave it with this. Carry your love. Carry your love, people. Peace out, everybody. Peace, love, and kindness. That's the way I want to live my life, and I hope that you do, too. We'll see you.
Your heart.